right, today we're gonna talk to two New Hampshire state representatives, but there's a twist. There's always a twist. In fact, in this story, there's several twists. Jody Newell's a new state rep in New Hampshire, and Ellen Reed's been there for a while, collected a bunch of awards, started committees, expert on fish and game. I love all of it. So, welcome, both of you. Thanks for having us. No problem. All right, Jody, I'm used to seeing your face because I've seen it at tons and tons of Wolfpack events. Wait a minute. You're a Wolfpack volunteer, and now all of a sudden you're a state representative. What happened? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that kind of comes with the territory, right? You start getting involved with politics, and you start trying to reach out to your legislators. And at the end of the day, I mean, what is there left but to be one? <laughs> well, and first uh, of all, I, I like that attitude, okay? Um, if you, well, it's a little bit of both beating them and joining them. Uh, which leads me to my first question, which is how'd you do it, right? Because if I could, I'd have every Wolfpack volunteer become a state rep, and then all of a sudden, passing uh, you know anti-corruption legislation would get a lot easier. And you had you had to beat a Republican in in your uh, neck of the woods, didn't it? I did, but I, I'm in a solidly Democratic uh, uh, district, so. Yes, I had to beat a Republican, but I didn't have to necessarily work as hard, I guess, as some people who were in a very contested election. Fortunately for me, the person who was the, you know, my representative before me, who I was very good friends with because I had sat down and reached out to him on behalf of Wolfpack. Uh, he he knew me pretty well. He understood my politics, and he was very happy uh, to ask me if I wanted to run. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, it it was uh, it was a good race for me. And and you know there was a Republican challenger. The Republican challenger, um, I definitely had to um, fend off some attacks and some um, you know it, it was not without incident. Let's say that. Mm. But at the end of the day. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a solidly democratic district. So I had a pretty a pretty good shot, and I was happy that I made it. All right, well, that's <laughs> wonderful. Um, so we're gonna get into how Ellen enters this story in a, in a second. But one more question to you, uh, Jody, before we move on to Ellen. So uh, unfortunately, I'm used to some uh, progressive legislators getting into office and then all of a sudden having amnesia and not remembering what they went there for. So are you working on introducing the Wolfpack resolution as a state rep? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I mean, I'm sure we're gonna get into this a little bit in more depth later on. But but at the end of the day, a lot of the things that we talked about, things that when we reached out to state legislators, when I reached out to Sparky Von Plansky, he was my representative before me, when I reached out to him and sat down for coffee and things like that, the conversations that we were having, he was a little concerned about what were the parameters for this kind of unknown thing, right? We have a whole lot of propaganda out there, and a lot of people who are talking about the process as, as if they know it, right? So when it comes down to it, I can understand what the hesitancy is, right? Because people are a little bit concerned about the unknowns, right? So when it came down to it, when I came into office, my first step was to uh, address those parameters and say, okay, we have these unknowns. How do we make these unknowns less unknown so that we're more familiar and more uh, comfortable taking this step that actually has been something that has throughout our history <laughs> been uh, something that we've used for the prodding effect? 
Yeah, so a lot of TYT viewers know what the Wolfpack resolution is. But for those of you who don't, it's ultimately to get money out of politics. And the way that you do that is through a constitutional amendment because you gotta go above the Supreme Court, you don't have a choice. Right, and so, uh, and in order to do that, you have two options. One is to get two thirds of Congress to call for it, but that's not working out great for us, right? So, the other option is to get two thirds of the states to call for a convention, where all you would do is propose an amendment, right? So that's what the Wolfpack resolution asked the different states to do. It's passed in five, now down to three, because there's been a fight back by the establishment. The establishment struck back, um, but uh, we're working on it in New Hampshire. So, Ellen. That brings us to you. So how do you first run into Jody? Well, I first ran into Jody because she was running for office as an actual progressive. And I say actual progressive because what you said really resonated with me. Um, it is a constant source through now my fourth term uh, of being there that people who run on quote unquote progressive platforms uh, ultimately don't really fight. And, and that's why I started the, the New Hampshire House Progressive Caucus in my first term was it doesn't really matter what you say you believe if you're not willing to stick your neck out and actually fight for it. And I think what happens is, you know, sometimes people run because of ego or, or what have you, or sometimes they run for good reasons, but then it kind of takes them over once they get there. So I met with Jody before uh, she got sworn in. I got all the bright vibes off of her and um, helped her out with some of her legislation. She helped me out with some of mine, and I was happy to take on the fight for the Article 5 delegate uh, bill, which needed some fancy legislative legwork that I helped out with. Yeah, so Ellen, um, I noticed in your bio that you had founded the New Hampshire House Progressive Caucus, and I thought, wait, you've only been there for four terms. Did it not exist before? How could it not have existed? Um, we have a saying in New Hampshire, or at least us progressives do, that a Democrat in New Hampshire is a Republican in California. So, and, and I have found it to be incredibly true, incredibly disappointing on a whole host of bills that I'm happy to go into if you want me to. But um, it, it's been, and there's two types of progressivism. There's like the, the policy progressivism that we talk about, like, you know, Medicare for all and, uh, you know, what have you, climate change. And you can say you believe in those things, but it doesn't matter if you're not an institutional progressive. You have to want to change. You have to not be afraid of change. And more than anything, I would call the New Hampshire State House institutionally conservative, just absolutely change adverse, Republican and Democrat alike. Yeah, well, I, I, Ellen, unfortunately, I've got bad news for you. Uh, a California Democrat is also a California Republican. Um, so <laughs> That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Yeah, the Democrats almost everywhere, are on at least on economic issues, are very, very similar to Republicans. And that's what you guys are uh, fighting up against. In fact, Ellen, I'm going to stay with you for one more second, too. Uh, you've sponsored around 50 bills. That I did the math on that. That's a lot. Um, and so, um, but I always thought that everybody would sponsor 50 bills, that like that people would go there with a purpose, like, hey, I really want these things to pass. Has your experience there been, um, well, I don't know about unique, but closer to unique, right? And is, are these are just sound like, sounds like a lot of bills. Uh, are you the world record holder now in New Hampshire State Rep, uh, in assembly? But. <laughs> 
I'm not I'm not the world record holder and I could talk about that in a second, but actually the number, the 50 number was before this term started. So now I'm over 60 uh, for for prime sponsored bills, uh, ranked choice voting and election day holiday and all those things. I also, like Jody, by the way, got my start in campaign finance reform, uh, volunteering for public citizen and Wolfpack. Uh, and working then as, uh, as an organizer for Open Democracy and Stamp Stampede. But uh, yeah, so the average, it's kind of nuts. Because like I said, the uh, it's not like everyone is like Jody and myself that we were activists and we were passionate and Republican or Democrat, doesn't matter. They just really cared about an issue or issues and really sought to go and fight for the people how we saw fit. It's more like someone has a name or clout in the town and someone comes to them and goes, hey, everyone knows your name, you should run. And they're like, yeah, I am important. And that's really the predominant <laughs> vibe. Um, and so the average number of bills that a New Hampshire representative has prime sponsored is one a year. Wow. I, do, uh, I did two in my first year, and I, uh, which was election day holiday and uh, no excuse absentee voting way before 2020. Um, and then I uh, I do 10 to 15 every year, um, but it's a volunteer position. So uh, I try to I try to be sane, but no, the world record I think is a the late representative Marple who uh, would put in something like 30 bills a year, but all of my bills have multiple co-sponsors and none of his would ever have co-sponsors. He did things like we should be paid in silver coin and stuff like that kind of off the wall stuff. It's you. New Hampshire. Yeah, it, it's it's a really damning indictment of our democracy and our government that it is a little bit shocking to hear a legislator that's actually trying to pass bills. Like that actually got elected to pass bills and then actually tried to pass them. Uh, and yes, unfortunately, all across the country, most of the politicians are just seeking status. That's why they do one bill a year. They don't really care. They're like, what's the minimum? Is it if it was zero, they do zero, right? Because uh, it's all about the status and privilege. So, but Jody, uh, now let's talk about where we are. Uh, so, um, I I know that uh, we passed the House before in New Hampshire, if I remember right, in in uh, for the Wolfpack resolution. Uh, but you got to get mm-hmm. the House and the Senate. It, you know, in a way, of, different states call them different things, but basically the House and the Senate, right, in each state. You've got to get them to pass in the same year. So what's the status right now for that resolution? Let me just set it straight really quick, because this is not what we just passed. What we just passed through the committee um, uh, unanimously and what we passed through the House on um, the consent calendar, which is to say it is uh, unanimously voted forward. This is not the Wolfpack resolution. What we're doing is we're laying the groundwork and what we're saying is that Okay, this is something that Jenk, you and I know that for centuries has been used in order to prod the Congress in order to taking action, right? And so this is a step along the way, right? But people have been so discouraged from using this, what is essentially a constitutional right? People have been so discouraged from using this constitutional right that they won't even take that step, right? And so what what this legislation that we've done, uh, what we put together, and and thank you to Sam Feldman. I just want to say that right off the bat, um, 
because he's put so much work into this is is at the end of the day, what we've done is we've said, okay, we understand the concerns because there has not been an Article 5 convention, right? We, we understand that there has not been an amendment convention to this point. And regardless what the reason is for that, the fact is, is that there hasn't been one. So we have this kind of ambiguity in what we're trying to pass, right? And so I understand how they cannot be comfortable to certain legislators and what we can do in that situation. It is not, and this is very much in my testimony is, is, is what is not within our control is whether or not we have an Article 5 convention. What is within our control is whether we contribute to a corrupt one, right? And so at the end of the day, what I can say is, from from my going out and talking to the different legislators and working with different people across the country and in different states and things like that is understanding why people have some discomfort with this and may be susceptible to the propaganda that is put out there about how we don't know about these things and, and, and you know all that kind of stuff. At least what we can do, what is within our control is to set the delegate rules. And so um, the legislation that we passed has to do with Making sure that the delegates are elected democratically, um, making sure that they take an oath that says that yes, you are there to represent the people of New Hampshire, and this you know goes for other people in other states, but it, you are there to represent the concerns of those people, and you are limited to that topic. And if not, at the end of the day, you will be held accountable. Not only will you be recalled, and there is a process for you to be. Uh, to be replaced in that situation. There are already people in the waiting for in the event of, of something going off the rails. There is someone else there to catch that and to, to be able to fulfill that role um, um, honestly and with integrity. But also that the people, if you are actually intentionally going out of your way to uh, what what essentially comes down to is, is amending our fundamental document. So if you are a person who is going to a situation like that and you are with the intention of amending our fundamental document in a way that does not align with the people of New Hampshire, then there will be consequences for you. And so so this is this is what we've done at this point and uh, we've we've passed it. We uh, it was unanimous in the committee. Thank you so much to Ellen and to, and to Sam. Um, and so it passed in committee, it, it passed on unanimous consent. It goes on to the Senate now and I hope that it gets passed because at least then we have some type of rules and parameters where we can say, here's the unknown and we take this unknown and we put it into the known, right? We know what is within our control, we are controlling. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, and so uh, that'll lead to the uh, last thing for uh, Ellen. But first, I want people to understand: look, there's now a number of Wolfpack volunteers who are legislators uh, all across the country. Uh, recently interviewed Gregory Greco, who's a representative in in Rhode Island. Uh, there are uh, ones in New York, and on and on, right? And so, get involved, Wolf-Pack.com. That's the the number one group trying to save democracy. And then you never know; you might turn into a state representative. You might help shepherd and introduce the bill in the first place by yourself. So there's a lot of different avenues to it. Ellen, so what's your, so I know the reason why you guys are going in steps. So the lately the number one thing that Wolfpack activist volunteers are hearing back is concerns not from Republicans but from Democrats. Oh My God, the convention is so scary. I heard 
X, Y, or Z, and it's usually almost uh, you know it's some sort of Democratic leadership from Washington scaring the bejesus out of people. Oh my God, you can't amend the Constitution. I mean, remember the First Amendment? That was terrible. Wait, that was really good. The Fourth Amendment? Wait, that was really good. Fourteenth Amendment? Oh wait, that was excellent. No, but wait, <laughs> exactly. But, but unfortunately, that 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 works. And um, so, what's the latest here? Can we? So you guys are setting the rules. So that people are not scared of the convention as much, right? And and I know some Republicans want conventions for other reasons, etc. But do we think this will pass the Senate in New Hampshire? And are you guys still getting tons of pushback from other Democrats, or is it getting any better? So you're right, fear mongering works, especially amongst, uh, as I mentioned, change adverse people, which I think legislators in general, but especially in New Hampshire. Um, are very, very change adverse. So this is the, to help kind of quell those fears, the, the delegate instruction bill that can say at least New Hampshire wouldn't be contributing to that scary term runaway convention. Um, and just to be very clear on the history of it, we've had multiple attempts over the years at delegate instruction bills and none of them went anywhere. Um, I had to get some emergency amendments in on Jody's, but I'm very happy that for the first time we had, I think almost all of the Republicans and a, a, a few or half of the Democrats initially on board with just the concept. And then we got everybody unanimous, but that's that's just the instruction bill. The next step would be the, the actual call for an article five. And just to kind of look in the history of it, the first step was to just have New Hampshire call for a constitutional amendment, a, a congressional one through a resolution. And I'm happy to say we did that in 2019. And I'll be a little bit selfish by mentioning it was my bill that called for a constitutional amendment to overturn Citizens United and end gerrymandering on the federal level. But we, we already did this. We already said this is what the people of New Hampshire believe. Now we've gotten at least through the House, and I suspect we should have a decent chance in the Senate to, to get the delegate instruction bill through because Jody's right. We don't have a, a say over whether or not it comes, but we have a say over whether or not our delegates contribute to problematic uh, outcomes. And then next year, uh, Jody and I, I think together may put in, I, I want to put it in, the actual Article 5 call for campaign finance reform. Yeah. And and so the they mentioned runaway convention, right? That's the way that uh, especially Democrats these days demagogue against it. Oh my God, the convention is going to run away because they tell you the Constitutional Convention ran away. I just want you guys to know. First of all, that was not an Article Five convention because the articles did not exist yet because there was no U.S. Constitution yet. <laughs> and second of all, people generally don't understand the history of that Constitutional Convention. Uh, it actually was ratified, it did not run away. The states ratified what came out of that convention. So don't listen to people telling you mangled history that isn't correct. Mm -hmm. And last point on that is, um, and it produced the United States Constitution, which we kind of think is the greatest document in history. So, oh my God, you wouldn't want that kind of runaway convention. <laughs> we might produce the second greatest document. Um, and again, this is just for amendments. It's not for redoing the whole thing. Anyways, wolf-pack.com, we'll have the link down below. Get involved, look at the amazing results. You're looking at them right there. Both Ellen and Jody were Wolfpack volunteers. And Jody was a huge organizer for us and a leader for us uh, at Wolfpack. So, um, 
I love that you guys have taken things into your own hands and saying, hey, if you're not gonna do it, get out the way, yo, get out the way. We'll do it. That's exactly the right message. And by the way, then can I just say really quickly, yeah. shout out to Eric Benavides and Debbie Augustine, volunteers in New Hampshire who showed up and showed out. And I just want to make sure that they're included in this conversation. Yeah. Carry on. They were amazing. Sam Fieldman's amazing. So many people that work tirelessly for either no money or close to no money. And none of them are professional politicians. But hey, look at this. We don't make politicians, we make legislators. Okay, at Wolfpack. <laughs> Right. And uh, and I've been given to understand that a rebellion or two has started in New Hampshire before. Uh, so <laughs> here we go. And you might be looking at the founding mothers right there of getting our democracy back and getting money out of politics. So Jody Newell, Ellen Reed, thank you. Thank you for your service to the country. We appreciate it.